the back fence with Tony Kemp. When you watch the NRL, it seems to be very much all glitz and glam, a sport filled with superstars and supported by billion-dollar media rights deals and sponsors. Yet when you look at the international game, get ready to get your laughing gear on, Izzy, for one of the best side shows Rugby League has to offer. Yesterday's announcement that the French are suddenly pulling the pin on hosting the next World Cup is simply, as one would put it, like death in taxes. It was always going to ha- happen. See la vie. And to make things worse, the old boys club running the International Federation are now running around like Keystone Cops trying to salvage the poor decision they all made in the first place, which was to place it in France. As the All Blacks and the Silver Ferns as well as the Football Ferns all gear up for their respective World Cups, the Rugby League World Cup loiters in the shadows of sport, trying to rebrand this as an opportunity, not the embarrassing disaster that it is. Why does Rugby League at international level always look so amateurish? And if it's such a good product at NRL level, then why can't the best players in the world get on the pitch for a World Cup without having to worry if it's actually going to eventuate? I say enough is enough. It seems clear to me that people with absolutely no idea what they are doing have been placed on an international board. I'm really not sure what possible criteria could get these people a position on the IRL board, but it doesn't appear to be skill or business acumen. Is it a reward for whoever can just hang in there the longest? Well, it certainly seems to be a coveted position. Maybe that's more to do with the travel perks and rubbing shoulders with rugby league icons. Well, I think that whoever's responsible for allocating these positions needs to now remove these amateurs. Cancelling a World Cup a year out from kickoff is just simply diabolical. What's more diabolical is that it's highly likely the NZRL will spend a fortune trying to host the World Cup here while the game locally is on life support. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Nice wow. work, Kempi. <laughs> that was good, bro. I love it. I love it. I love your passion for the community and the game of rugby league. The, the, the first question is, for you, do you feel like hosting in France was the wrong decision? Going there in the first place was the wrong decision? Yeah, look, for I, me, it, as, as a rugby, as a, a league fan, I just feel like when we have these big events, they're either in Australia, New Zealand, or England. And there's three. So I, I've, I, I felt like going to France was was an awesome decision to try and grow the game in France. And and obviously there's a couple of league teams over in France. And yeah, I just thought, but then the government let them down. When I was reading it, Kempi, it was the government funding that kind of turned this in. It. They, they reneged on their funding and it kind of threw them under the bus. Yeah, and look, there's two, there's two parts of it. One, one first is do your due diligence before you hand out a, a World yeah. Cup licence. That's the, that's the mm. first part because, mm. you know, them pulling out is not, um, oh, it's horrible. you know, Bad. the ideal situation. So these people that are making decisions, and you're dead right around the World Cup. If it's going to be played, look, one of the things that you learnt really quickly when you were working there was that you had to go, especially for New Zealand, you had to go where the money was because we had no money. You know what I mean? So, we, for instance, the Anzac test was always played in Australia because it, it meant that we got $500,000 a game and that basically gave us enough money to work in the game here in New Zealand. Um, but this people, people now trying to turn this into an opportunity is, is how rugby league works. You know what I mean? The very same people that say this is an opportunity are the very same people that are making decisions to take this World Cup to France and having to pick up the pieces – 
They were told not to go to America to play that game up there. I don't know if you remember that one up there, which cost them an absolute fortune. They went up there. They didn't do their due diligence. They got taken up there by a promoter, and he didn't pay any of the any of the promised money that he was. It cost them an absolute fortune, of which they didn't have. Um, and I can just see when you put the same people in charge of international federations, you know what I mean, that go around making these decisions. Like the last World Cup was up in the UK. Of course the only other place to have it is in Australia and New Zealand. They should have just went home and away for the mm. World Cups for the next few years until they can actually say we're guaranteed that we've got the money. And, and I hope from this experience, if they take it anywhere else, it's guaranteed. It's not hypothetical. We just can't afford it. Yeah. No, I'm hearing you, Kempi. Love it. Love your passion as always. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Give us a call anytime if you want to chat about Kempi's off the back fence. Obviously, huge news out that France cannot host the Rugby League World Cup, and there's talks of New Zealand potentially partnering with Australia to bring it down under. At the first place, the due diligence should have been done, and we wouldn't be stuck uh, at the situation that is unfolded right now. We're going to shoot off. We're going to come back with Ricardo's headlines. There's plenty coming up. We're going to name our State of Origin squads. I've got my starting 13 taking on Kempe's Queensland. So stay tuned. Here's Aroha with the news for Cubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.